Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Hekone, Japan, with my new friend Mayuki Saguchi of the Japan Experts podcast. Mayuki lives near Hekone, and it's one of our favorite cities to visit and host tours. She loves sharing tips for this authentic city and teaching visitors about its samurai history. In this episode, Mayuki and I talk about exploring the Hekone Castle, having tea in the Gunkuyan Garden, and visiting Chikibu Island to learn about the Shinto and Buddhist temples. You hear about these three amazing experiences and so much more. If you know someone interested in visiting Japan, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Mayuki's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Hakone. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Acorns is one of my favorite apps because it helps me invest spare change automatically. Every time I make a purchase with a registered debit or credit card, the transaction is rounded up to the next dollar. Then, Acorn invests these roundups in my personalized portfolio. Plus, when you shop at participating retailers or service providers, you can earn additional found money to invest in your future. Examples of current and previous partners include DoorDash, Liberty Mutual, Macy's, and FedEx. I've been using Acorns for years and love how much money I've saved up from all these small investments. Sign up using my referral link at wetravelthere.com forward slash acorns to start saving today. Hey, Miyuki, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Today, we're talking about a city that's probably not on a lot of people's radars. It's a smaller city near Kyoto called Hekone. And I know there's a lot of different great things to do in the city. Today, we're going to be talking about castles and, and a lot of other different attractions that are there. But what's your connection to the city? Yes. So I live in the southwestern part of the Gifu Prefecture. There are a lot of great places in my neighborhood. And among all these places, if I had to choose one place that I should recommend to international visitors who only had two to three weeks in Japan, it would be Hikone. I say two to three weeks because that's the average length of the stay in Japan for most travelers from the West. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of times I, when I travel, a lot of times we're only there for like a week or so, but I think a lot of people, when you're traveling as far as, as it is to get to Japan from say the United States, you definitely want to be able to, to stay a little bit longer and experience probably multiple different cities so that we can kind of get a feel of the entire culture of the, of the, of the country versus just being able to stay in like one or two cities. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. So if you had to describe uh, like the people or the city of Akone in just a couple words, how would you do that? So Hikone is a castle town. So technically speaking, Hikone is a city, but the area around the castle is a compact size and everything is within the walking distance, So which makes the city so accessible. So Hikone is a perfect place if you want to have some downtime after visiting major cities and busy tourist spots uh, in Tokyo and Kyoto. Because Hikone is a convenient location from these cities, and yet it's not too crowded and has a lot to see and do. And also, Hikone, as you mentioned, is a, a great spot, uh, especially if you're interested in authentic Japanese castles and learning about the samurai history of Japan. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember growing up, and I used to love watching all the different samurai shows on TV and, and some of the movies. And it was like always really cool, you know, not just for, you know, being a young boy with like swords and, you know, the fighting and everything, but also just as I grew up, 
uh, learning about the culture and, and everything that kind of went into becoming a, a samurai, you know, I had a lot of respect for, you know, the, the focus and the determination uh, that people had to do to be able to, to become a samurai. Great, great. It's good to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so for people that aren't familiar with uh, where Hikone is in Japan, where is that located? Yes, uh, good question. So Hikone is situated around the center of the main Honshu Island. So it's right in the center of Japan. Okay, okay. And like we mentioned, it's near Kyoto. So from what I saw on the map, it seems like it's North and with a little bit to the west of Kyoto, correct? Yes. So it's by the lake, uh, Japan's biggest lake, Lake Biwa, but it's actually the opposite side of the lake. So actually, many people would surprise this, but the, it's just only half an hour by train uh, from Kyoto to Hikone. So it's quite a, a convenient location, but it's just like, yeah, it's also a part of the same same region, the Kansai region. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So if we're planning our trip to go to Kyoto, then we might just take a like a day trip or two from Kyoto to go to Hikone and be able to experience everything. Uh, and that's where we would fly into, correct? Is that is that what we would recommend? So usually, if you are traveling from the US or other part of the world, uh, the people will be flying into the, the airport in Tokyo or the, the Kansai airport in Osaka. So uh, people usually are traveling from the eastern side of uh, eastern part of Japan to western part of Japan or vice versa. So my recommendation is to stop off in the central region and stop off to explore the Hikone uh, when you are traveling between like western part of Japan and the eastern part of Japan. Or as you mentioned, you can take a, a day trip uh, from the Kansai region. That's the, also a perfect uh, plan. Okay, so so if I want to plan my trip from Nashville here, I would fly from Nashville, possibly have a stopover in like on the west coast of of, of the U.S., like in like San Francisco or Los Angeles, and then from there, I'd probably fly directly into Tokyo, and then from there, either take one of the the the, the trains or a, another flight to Kyoto, and then from there, take a train to Hikone. Yeah, so th- there isn't an airport in Kyoto. So if you want to fly, uh, it would be the the Kansai, the Keks Airport in Osaka. But yeah, people usually take a train um, between Tokyo and Osaka. So that's probably the good option. Okay. And then, okay, so we, we take the train into Hikone. And then while we're there, and obviously, you know, like we talked about, or we're going to talk about a little bit more as far as the Hikone Castle, but as we're kind of experiencing all the different attractions and restaurants and and other things to do while we're there in the city, how do we get around it? Is it just a, like a very walkable area or do we take public transportation around the city? Uh, so you take the train. Uh, when you say train from Tokyo, it has to be the Shinkansen high-speed train. So the closest Shinkansen station is uh, Maibara. And from Maibara to Hikone, it's just only the one stop. So you take a local train to Hikone. And from the Hikone station um, to the the city center where the Hikone Castle is located, it's only about 15 minutes walk. So it's, yeah, everything is within the walking distance. So, Okay, that's that's great. And then 
you know, say if we wanted to be able to, to like just kind of stay in the city for a little bit to kind of soak in the culture and, and soak in like the, the slower pace of life versus like the big city of, of, of Tokyo. D- do you have any hotel recommendations as far as either like larger chains, like maybe like Meredith or Hilton, or that's something a little bit more uh, authentic and, and original that we would only find in that area? Yes. So basically, like many people would just visit Ikone for one day, just like during the daytime. But there are some hotels and guest houses nearby as well. And the closest to the castle is the one that's called Hikone Castle Resort and the Spa. And you can see the castle from, from the rooms, public bus facilities and terrace space. So this is a good option to choose from. Oh, fantastic. And then uh, I know... Th- I think it's called a, a Ryokan. Is that right? Uh, that's kind of like a, uh, almost like somebody's house. Or it's a little bit like a, like a bed and breakfast type of experience. So there is a one. It's not really the Ryokan, but if you try to find a little bit more like reasonable choice, uh, there is a one called the Honmachi Juku. And that's more of like, kind of like Minshuku type of place. So it's basically a machia style merchant house uh, with traditional Japanese style rooms. So if you want to uh, try out this kind of like authentic style place, that would be the good choice. Uh, There's also a room with Western style beds too. So you can get to choose this option if you're not so comfortable uh, using the stone bedding. So (laughs) there are a few, yeah, options too. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because I think part of the the whole experience of traveling is, you know, we'll talk about food in a minute, but also just, I mean, you can stay at a Marriott <laughs> anywhere in the world, you know, Hilton anywhere in the world, and you're probably going to get the same experience. But I think a lot of t- times being able to have that that more unique, authentic experience by staying in, in one of these places gives you a little bit more of uh, a connection to the culture and everything else, right? Uh, and so... I would probably try at least you know a night or two in the in the the, the futon bed and everything, uh, and if my back gets a little too sore, then yeah, it's good to know that there is a a Western style choice as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good good choice, good choice. Yeah. I am getting older, right, and so I'm getting a my back isn't as always good uh, in, in some of these places that aren't that aren't uh, the traditional comfy bed that we have here in the United States, right? So. Yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, and if I could mention uh, one more choice, there is uh, actually the the type of hotel in Japan that's called the business hotels. So basically, what happens is that so you would probably find the rooms are a little bit smaller because that's the business hotels were originally created and designed for the business travelers to stay in the locations when they travel around the places for work, right? But like these days, like many like Asia travelers also stay in the business hotels and they have a good time. And there is a one close to the Hikone station, um, they called the Sanrut Hikone. And this business style is a bit unique and it's probably a little bit interesting option for people, especially with probably children, um, because they provide a themed rooms and there are like two different types of themed rooms. One is a room that's dedicated to a mascot of Hikone. So what happens is that, so from the bed covers to wallpapers, you'd find this mascot and you'd even be given a souvenir box full of goods with this character. Oh, (laughs) that's really cool. Yeah. So every town in Japan, almost every town in Japan have a mascot. 
And the one in Hikone is one of the most popular one that I would love to introduce a little bit later in this episode. So, yes, so that's, that's a very special experience. Also, there is another same room in this hotel. And this room is about samurai warrior who had ruled the area during the warring state period. And you can see the mountain from the room where samurai warrior built a castle. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so these are the really the special experience that you can only get in this hotel. So that might be an interesting option. Oh, that sounds way better than like the Holiday Inn Express. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, like I said, like I, I I travel a lot of times with my kids, and for them to be able to kind of get that that souvenir box that that has a lot of different things related to the city. Uh, and to the mascot, especially my daughter, she loves the stuffed animals, right? And so if there's a little mascot plushie or something like that, uh, she would absolutely love that. So, <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, so now we found a place to, to, to stay. We got a couple different great options there to, to choose from. From there, obviously, like we talked about, the Hikone Castle is, is one of the great uh, experiences that we're going to do while we're visiting the city. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. And then also let's talk about a couple other things that we should be, that we can't miss while we're visiting the area. So Hikone Castle is the main attraction of the Hikone city. So Hikone Castle is one of Japan's five national treasure castles that have kept its original keep from more than 400 years ago. So when I say the keep in the castle, it refers to the castle tower or the main house within the castle grounds. In fact, many people usually think that's the place where feudal lords had lived, which is usually not true. But... <laughs> Yes. That's really cool. I mean, just the fact that it's been there for, you know, I know it's been there for a lot longer, but just for 400 years without uh, a whole lot of change to it, that that's longer than America has been, been a country, right? And so I lo- that's one of the things I love about traveling is going to places that have such a long culture and being able to see the, these historic buildings that have been around for, for hundreds of years. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and uh, in Japan, um, there are hundreds or thousands of castles or castle-like structures, but Hikone is one of the very few authentic castles that were built during the battle times or the 400 years ago. So there are a number of defensive features that are reflected in both the interior and exterior of the castle. So indeed, if I could uh, provide a little bit context to the castle, so indeed, the battle they had in mind was the one against Toyotomi, uh, which was in Osaka. So that's why the castle is a rectangular shape and the front is facing Osaka. Oh, okay. Yeah, and despite the size, the main tower has lots of decorative roofs that helped the castle look magnificent. So this was to make the enemy give up before fighting. So as a result, Japan achieved a 250-year peace with virtually no war. So there is a, a culturally and historically important context to it. Yes, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess that's the one of the, the sayings, right? Like the best battle is the one that you don't have to fight. So if you can put a little fear in the hearts of of your enemies before they try to attack you, then it makes it easier to to achieve peace. Exactly. Exactly. So obviously the, the castle has a lot of great things to do there. You mentioned Hikone is a, a great like day trip. Like if somebody's going to visit the castle and explore all the different features there, uh, about how long should you expect to stay in the castle before you go elsewhere? Actually, like people think 
of like when people think of castle, uh, they usually think of just only the main tower. And many people just visit the main tower and they think that's completed. But actually, uh, there is a, a great museum in the within the Hikone Castle that many people miss that I very much uh, recommend. That's the kind of like must visit spot in Hikone and. There is also the garden uh, that was built during the samurai times. Uh, so all together, and you would like to have a lunch and you'd like to explore the area. So it definitely takes just only like five or six hours for sure. Okay. And it, and I was looking it up and I'm, I'm probably going to mispronounce the same, <laughs> the name really badly. Uh, is that the Genkuyen? Yeah, Genkyu and Garden. Yeah, that's the Garden, uh, the Daimyo Garden. Oh, fantastic! So you say that we're going to spend, you know, probably five or six hours exploring the the castle and the garden and the museum and everything else. I know that there's um, a lot of temples in the area as well, and and a couple islands that are right there because I know that Nikone is right there on on the the edge of the lake. So, what are some of the other things we should do while we're there visiting Nikone? So if you want to have a, a bit of interesting experience, uh, there is a boat ride that you may want to try. So there are a couple of options to it. So if you want to try a boat ride in the moat around the castle, that's a good option. So the castle is surrounded by the moat and you can take a 45 minutes boat cruise. And what's really interesting about this experience is that the boats are in the original design from the old times. So the sailing is raw. So you need to crawl into the boat, which is exactly how the feudal roles and their wives and children did when riding a boat during that time. So you'll see the castle from different angles and it's particularly beautiful. Like It's very beautiful during the cherry blossom season. And if you want to take a boat ride to Lake Biwa, the Biwako, and that's also possible too. So there is a sacred island called Chikubu Island in the northern part of Lake Biwa. So you can take a 40-minute boat ride to the island and explore the island for just over an hour until the same boat returns to Hikone. And on this island, you'll find a shrine and a temple uh, that can tell you how both Shinto and Buddhism have been practiced together since the ancient times in Japan. So lots of local people visit this island to pay respect to the deities. And the boat ride itself is a fine experience. So you are going, so if you are going to stay in Hikone, a visit to Chikubu Island is a nice addition to your itinerary. That sounds really fun. Uh, when I'm looking at the map, and you mentioned the, the Chikabu Island. Like when I'm looking at like Google Maps, uh, for anybody else that's kind of following along, the island that in this big lake it's on the Google Maps is called Haganji. Whereas the other island that's uh, kind of just west of of the Hikone Castle is the, the Ryumasan Kentoji Temple that's on uh, the Kiji Island. So there's several different islands that are in that lake. So there's a lot of different things to do. Uh, again, you're taking boats to explore everything there is to do. So I think it's a great op- opportunity to, to kind of just explore things beyond like the big cities and see some of these islands and, and see some of these temples. And again, just explore some of the culture of, of Japan that, that you may not get when you go to some of the more touristy destinations. So uh, Miyoki, uh, as far as, other things to do when we're there in Hikone. Any other recommendations as far as uh, different attractions 
or experiences that people might want to really experience? I, I know you have a tour that kind of helps people understand the, the history of Samurais and everything. Is, are there other stops along that tour that maybe people want to experience? Yes. Yeah, so I briefly mentioned the garden, the Genkyu and garden in the Hikone Castle. And that's the, actually a great spot to stop and explore. The, one of the great things about the Genkyuan Garden, the landscape itself is, of course, beautiful. But there are a few tea houses in the Hikone Castle, and the, the, a really good one is in the Genkyuan Garden. Uh, of course, you can get to uh, try a proper matcha tea together with uh, traditional Japanese sweets that's locally made. But the, one of the great things about this tea house is that you can get to uh, use a tea bowl uh, that's called kotoyaki. That's also the lo- locally like made uh, tea bowl. Yeah, what's really special about kotoyaki is that kotoyaki uh, actually literally means lake east. So referring to the pottery made in the eastern side of the lake, which is exactly where Hikone is located. But the original kotoyaki had been produced only for 20 years during the Edo period. And after 150 years later, a local artist has brought kotoyaki to life once again. So you get to use this uh, table uh, when you have a tea in the Genkyuen garden. So that's another special thing you could do. That sounds really amazing. Yeah, I know uh, a lot of listeners are really into uh, like you know the Eastern philosophy, and I think they would appreciate being able to kind of buy some of these ketoyaki type of pottery. Is there a shop or something that that somebody would be able to go to to be able to if they wanted to buy some of that to be able to take home? Yes. So he owns a shop. Yeah, in the place uh, not too far from the Hikone Castle. So you can get to try that place. And there is also the cafe uh, inside the place. And you can get to try the actually making one um, by yourself in that place. So that might be another cultural experience you could try um, in Hikone. Uh, That would be amazing. Uh, What's the name of his shop? Yes, of course. Kotoyaki Ichishirogama. Um, that's the shop run by this local artist. Uh, so you can get to visit this place and try out making uh, your own kotoyaki uh, tea bowl as well as there is a cafe uh, in the in the shop. So you can try a coffee or tea inside this shop as well. Absolutely. That sounds amazing. Yeah. The only thing better than being able to buy one of those pieces of art is actually be able to create one yourself. I think that'd be a really cool way to to create a souvenir that you're going to be able to bring home. So obviously one of the great experiences while traveling is finding some of the local food where you can kind of embrace the local culture and enjoy things outside of that, that touristy area. So what are some of the, the food places that people should check out while they're, they're visiting Hikone? Yes, of course. So when you visit the Hikone, uh, one thing you may notice is that uh, there are lots of sweet shops around the castles. And uh, one of the reasons is that the tea culture flourished as the times of the battle ended and peaceful era gave samurai the opportunity to pursue the cultural activity. And the tea ceremony, it was a part of it. So you can get to try the traditional Japanese sweets. But also there are some uh, sweet shops uh, that are a little bit more modern or like I'd say like Western Japanese style hybrid Japanese type of food. And one of the food I'd like to introduce is uh, pudding. And in Japanese, it's called pudding. And 
pudding is a Japanese sweet pudding. Um, so it's actually, there is a one shop uh, called E Pudding. And the pudding is obviously, as I mentioned, a pudding, but the E, E has a double meaning. So E is the name of the feudal lord who ruled the Hikone domain. But E also means good in Japanese. So E pudding means a good pudding. And also, <laughs> the, <laughs> but it's just not only the pudding is uh, great, but the shop uh, both being ethical and sustainable. And that's being def- reflected in not only the ingredients, but also packaging and making the process. So there is actually a Japanese saying, uh, sampo yoshi, which means three-way satisfaction. So with a purchase, sellers and buyers will be happy, and this will make the society better and contribute to the local economy and the planet. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so this saying can be heard anywhere in Japan, but the origin came from the mindset of merchants who lived in the Omi region, which Kone is a part of. So the Omi merchants were one of the most successful merchants in the Edo period, and they later founded big Japanese corporations, which still lead the Japanese economies nowadays. So on a local level, so e-pudding also represents the concept of Sampo Yoshi, three-way satisfaction. So there's a shop in front of the Hikone Castle, and they have not only a standard pudding, but also a pudding with a variety of topping from a soft serve ice cream to butterfly pea jelly, which people can think of as a brew of the Biwa Lake. Oh, wow. That's, that's really cool. I mean, it, you know, when people think of Japan, you know, obviously sushi comes to mind, things like that. I would have never thought of pudding. As, <laughs> as like one of the local delicacies that you need to have when you're visiting Japan. So that is, that is really cool. Maybe before we head out, because obviously we're going to be experiencing the, the castle and going to visit these islands and everything else. Where, where would we go for a good breakfast before we head out for the day? There is, a, if you want to explore a really unique area, uh, there is a lower ranked samurai district. And it's not really a breakfast per se, but if you want to try a kind of a brunch, uh, there is a shop actually as part of uh, this district. And there is a traditional Japanese style house. And in there, you can get to uh, try a vegan curry. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what's the name of this place? The, the place is called Hare Toketo. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave that pronunciation to you because <laughs> I'm going to mess that up for sure. But okay, uh, and we'll definitely include links to all these in the show notes because I know that I'm not very good at pronouncing some of these names, but we'll have the links in, in the show notes uh, you know, in our map there. So that way when anybody is visiting Hikone, they can make sure they visit all these wonderful places that uh, uh, Miyuki has, uh, has shared for us. Well, uh, Miyuki, I really, I've learned so much about Hikone. Again, it's a city that I had never heard of before, but I love learning about these other places that kind of off the beaten path that a lot of people don't know about. And uh, you've shared up some some great nuggets for people to be uh, hopefully inspired to travel and check out some of these places. Uh, but now it's time for the final countdown. So if somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Hikone, where should they go and what should they eat? So I'd say Omi beef. Uh, which is one of Japan's top three brand Wagyu beef, along with Kobe and Matsuzaka beef. So there are different ways of eating high-quality Wagyu beef. So one way is hot pot dishes like skiyaki and shabu-shabu. So in a skiyaki hot pot, meat will be cooked with vegetables, tofu, and some other ingredients. 
So we traditionally eat these ingredients with raw egg. So for shabu shabu, you have a boiled hot water or sometimes dashi soup. So what you do is pick sliced meat with chopsticks, move it around in the soup, which we call shabu shabu in Japanese, and dip it in the sauce. So there are also steak and sushi if you'd like to try these as well. So the one place I could recommend is uh, Sendarite Kara. It's the one of the best in the area, and, and it's close to the castle. Oh, that sounds amazing. I'm a little distracted because I'm just imagining all the all the, the food. <laughs> I'm losing my losing track of my my questions. So, like like you said, you've you've been to Kone. You you lead some tours for tourists to be able to kind of just have a better experience while they're while they're traveling there. You know, from all the times you've been there, you know, I'm sure you have some great experiences. Which one of the most memorable? Yes. So I have lots of memorable stories, but one thing I'd like to. I love to tell people is that the story about a cat mascot in Hikone. So it's called Hikonya. So Hiko is a name after Hikone. So file Nyang is a sound of a cat crying in Japanese. So what's interesting about this mascot is that he is wearing a red helmet. So as I mentioned, this mascot is one of the most popular one among Japanese people. Do you know why Hikonia is a cat wearing a red helmet? Can you guess? I, I cannot guess if I if my life depended on it. <laughs> okay, so in short, a cat saved saved a man from a thunderstorm one day. So he went to a temple as this cat was inviting him in that direction. So he was actually the second generation of E, the feudal lord who ruled the Hikone domain. So he showed the respect to the cat who saved him and provided financial support to the temple. So this became the origin of the lucky cat in Japan, So which is considered to bring fortune to the owner. So this temple still exists and is full of lucky cat dolls. But now we shouldn't forget the red helmet. So the Ikran always wore red because they were known as good fighters and stood out in the battle. So red was the symbol color of E. So that's why Hikonyang is a cat that wears a red helmet. Oh, that is such a cool story. Yeah. <laughs> We're, I'm definitely going to have to come out there and I got to get one of these mascots for my, my daughter. She's going to absolutely love it. So yeah. <laughs> that is a, such a cool story. Well, speaking of good times and good memories, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Hikone? So I provide a private tour in Hikone to international business, which usually ends around the happy hour. So my happiest happy hour is the time when I see the happy faces of my guests at the end of the day. So far, all of my guests left Hikone with smiles and very positive comments. So these have become the happiest memories for me. Absolutely. I think that's one of the great things about anything you could do in any sort of job is at the end of the day or at the end of the tour or whatever it is that you do, if if you can have satisfied customers, if you can have happy faces, you know you've done a great job. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. It gives me kind of like a little flavor of home, you know, uh, as much as I love enjoying like different foods and all the different places we travel, sometimes I just want a little piece of home. So where would the, the best place for pepperoni pizza be in Hikone? So it was, uh, it's actually a tough question because there are so many uh, local food that I would love to introduce. And I'm sure like you'd love 
this food as much as you'd love the pepperoni pizza uh, elsewhere. <laughs> so it's a really tough question for me. <laughs> no, absolutely. And uh, of course, you know, uh, being a seasoned traveler that I am, I do a little research ahead of time. And, and one of the places that I found, it's uh, just on the other side of the river from the Hikone Castle. It's a place called Kalmo. And although I couldn't read the, the, the menu just because it's all in Japanese, uh, but I, there were some pictures there. And uh, it's a place called Calmo, C-A-L-M-O. And uh, the pictures look really good. I mean, sometimes when you travel internationally, the pizza is not really like the pizza we're used to in, in the U.S. And I'd say it's a pretty good, pretty good representation. And I think that's a place, definitely a place I would go if I was you know, hankering for a little bit of, of, of home cooking versus being able to sample all the local delicacies that I can find there in Hakone. So like you said, you, you, you run a couple of different tours as far as Samurais and, and the castle and, and a few other things. And you also have your own podcast there as well that we'll talk about in, in a minute. So I'm sure through all that, you come up with some great tips to help, help travelers just enjoy their experience a little bit more. So what's your best travel tip? Yes. Yeah, so from my personal experience, the best travel experience always includes good conversation with local people. So if you are traveling to Japan, I'd recommend running a few conversation starters in Japanese and exchanging a few words with locals to start with. And if you would love to know more about Japan and the people, my best recommendation is to hire a local guide. So this is especially true when you are visiting historical buildings such as castles. Because when I visited Hikone Castle for the first time, I went there without a guide. I couldn't realize the value by just looking around on my own. Later, I visited the site with a local guide, and it changed my experience. So even looking at the same building, your experience would change completely if you are informed about the context. So a good local guide can help you with that, and you will notice so much more than what you'd simply look around on your own and should gain a much deeper understanding of Japanese culture and the people which would hopefully become a lifetime memory for you. No, absolutely. I think that's one of the great things is that as much as we like to travel on our own and maybe you're being frugal and you don't want to spend the money and stuff like that, that when you're looking at a building or you're walking through a museum or a castle or anything else, you're going to miss a lot of things because it's the first time you've ever seen it, right? And having a guide there with you, they can point out some of the things that that you often overlook. Uh, and a lot of times you're only going to go to this destination once in your lifetime. And as much as you want to save money, it's worth it to spend just a couple extra dollars here and there to make sure you're having a deeper experience and make sure that, that you're not missing out on some of the best things that these places have to offer. I can't agree with you more. Absolutely. So Mayuki, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing all these amazing tips. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yes. My name is Miyuki Seguchi. I provide travel planning services as well as private tours in the central region that includes Hikone. So to help international travelers know more about Japan and better plan their trip to Japan, I'm hosting the Japan Experts Podcast and its related Facebook group, Japan Experts Community for Travelers. So if anyone is interested in visiting Japan, please do check them out. Absolutely. So if somebody has a questions about your tour, about Hikone, or just about Japan in, in general, what's the best way to reach you on social media? Yes. So I have a Instagram at japan.experts, 
But probably the best place to find me is my website. That's uh, my basically my name, M-I-Y-U-K-I-S-E-G-U-C-H-I.com. And in there, I provide uh, my free Japan travel guide, the seven steps to creating unique immersive experiences. So you're very welcome to grab one. It's totally free. Well, that's amazing. I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips. We'll definitely include links to these in the show notes. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. What an awesome conversation with Mayuki. I haven't been to Japan yet, but I've learned about some amazing cities like Hakone that don't get the attention they deserve. At this rate, it's going to take me a month to visit all the wonderful destinations within Japan that I want to see. You can find all the links we talked about today and our one-page guide of Mayuki's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Hakone. We want to say thank you to Acorns for being today's affiliate partner. With Acorns, you can invest spare change automatically on every purchase that you make. Plus, you can earn found money by shopping at participating retailers. This is a great way to easily build up your travel fund. For a limited time, when you sign up at wetravelthere.com forward slash Acorns, we'll both earn $5. Join us next time as we head to Lincoln, Nebraska to speak with my good friend Allie Grummert of duet.co. In this episode, Ali and I talk about apple picking at Picnic Hill, eating and shopping at the historic Haymarket, and enjoying free summertime concerts at Jazz in June. We hope you join us when we travel there. I love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at WeTravelThere or email me at wetravelthere.com forward slash contact to share your thoughts. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. <laughs>